The following program is paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4. Every weekday, News Radio 1240 KQEN brings you local information at 4 o'clock. Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. All right, we're going to start it off with the bank. Kelly. Uh, I was trying to say I was trying to say three things all at the same time and so I slurred them together no everybody needs to support me on this one because Katie <laughs> has a cat that keeps trying to get in the Christmas tree and I'm saying squirt bottle I, uh, she's I'm all like no really the squirt bottle it's the humane way to train I am not disagreeing on the squirt bottle first of all at all I don't have the time or the effort to chase the cat around with a squirt bottle. I'm going to get you a super soaker. <laughs> you know, just just pressurized squirt gun, and you're just like, I want you to light that cat up, okay? So luckily, A, it's a fake tree. So, you know, it's plastic. I can totally hose it down, and it won't affect anything on that at all. And but, they're LEDs. They're like five volts. Come on. Yeah, I mean, there's like hardly any electricity. We can just turn it off. We'll make sure everything's okay. But where all of this is coming from is the fact that my husband just informed me that our cat has brought a critter into the house. And at first, it got stuck behind the wine fridge. So we thought it was a bat because we put lights back there and we couldn't see what it was. So he saw something moving around in beady eyes. So he thought it was a bat. Now he thinks it's a bird because there's tail. He went to leave to go pick up our kids from school and came home. And now there's tail feathers everywhere. So we're talking about this bird that has not appeared dead yet, but is somehow in our house and there's feathers everywhere. And I said, I bet you the bird is in my Christmas tree Hopefully I'm, alive I'm, and not dead. I'm wondering <laughs> if the whole tree is going to be down when you get home. Oh, I know. It's, 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 yeah. Has that happened yet? No. Because I'm pretty sure if that happens, garden hose. <laughs> Just drown him. <laughs> Just like, okay, here, but- here, kitty, kitty. Are you in the tree again? <laughs> okay, now, cats It only has to happen don't- a handful of times before they're like, you know, I am not going anywhere near a the hose and b the tree so cats don't usually like water but like thomas bathes our cat at least once or twice a month and he doesn't do anything about it so i'm not sure that my cat is as water adverse as you think normal cats are then you're gonna need more pressure (laughs) super soaker right it's a super soaker just just, you know a gallon a minute i would say cold water (laughs) maybe maybe keep it in the fridge (laughs) oh David's little evil side. He's like, Mwaha. you don't I'm even have a mustache to twirl, cruelty. but you kind of need to. I'm not uh, suggesting you do something cruel, but uh, you know, if the cat's not gonna, I mean, it's gonna get in the tree. Uh, I mean, there's some person out there listening who's like, well, then you shouldn't have a tree. And I'm like, uh, no, no, the cat's invited into the house to, you know, live in a, appropriately in the house. They're, you don't give them free reign, you give them boundaries. And a super soaker is a perfectly reasonable <laughs> way to establish boundaries with a cat. Aww. I'm pretty sure it's a, a good way to establish boundaries with a lot of things. With about anything, right? I mean, it's like next time we have a house guest that decides they want to try to like, nope, don't go there. Like, oh, sorry, that was you know, my kids going for the candy drawer. Da-da! You know, you take it too far when there's automatic sensors that squirt water in your hallway. You're like, don't go in that room. Shh. <laughs> By the way, David and I jest a lot. Most of the things that we're saying will is never it, come to fruition. I don't know. Is it? Is it really, is though? It? So. <laughs> it's the true wealth moments, right? The yes. bird in the house and the tree that's not decorated because the cat keeps hitting all the ornaments off. 
All it's right. the saga of 2019. <laughs> it is. So uh, I have a question for you. I have an we're, answer. We're talking hopefully. about Christmas. You've got the tree and everything. So uh, the, how many folks do you think go into debt for Christmas? I don't. I don't have an answer. By the way, I, I so like I'm just the like way you phrase that what question. How many people go into debt? That is a good question. Um, I think it's common for people to spend beyond their budget. Sure. Because I think trying to stay to a budget at Christmas, when you know you're feeling the Christmas spirit, it's always one more gift, one more thing. Oh, I forgot this person. So. I think trying to stick to a budget can be very difficult. Not saying that people don't do it, but I think trying to stick to it's uh, hard for a lot of people. Um, okay. And it wouldn't surprise me that it's the number one time of year that a lot of debt is accrued. Sure. Probably as a percentage wise. And I guess I should say it's it. There are different ways to approach this. I'd say how many people spend more than they plan is kind of what you just described. But debt would be, hey, you know, we actually put Christmas on a credit card. We didn't have the money for it, and we're going to pay it off later. Oh, I think that's a lot more common practice than... I suspect it is, too. Uh, I mean, I would... So... I mean, it's one thing if you said, well, you know, we've been saving for 11 months, and then we overspent our budget, uh, and we spent more than we brought in in Christmas, but we pulled it from savings because we kind of planned to, and we budgeted for that item, and it was fine. It didn't train wreck anything. And I would go, okay, well, that was sort of a planned expenditure, and you dealt with it. But I, I think a lot of people just, they, they end up, spending more than they can afford to spend. I, you brought up a concept that I want to go over really quick. Um, and you said, oh, you know, we'll just, we'll spend it now and we'll pay it off later. And I think that is a very, um, I have nothing to back this up, but I feel like it's a very American thing to do, right? Like, oh, we'll pay it off later. But the problem is it's not like there's ever a plan for later, right? It's not like, oh, I opened up this credit card and I spent $500 on Christmas gifts. Kind of like plan the is diet to... you're going to start next week. Right. Like it's, no, But that's my point. Like I feel like it's like, oh, yeah, well, we'll just plan it. It's like, well, if you didn't have it in your budget now, what makes you think that that $500 is going to magically appear in your budget next month? Right. Like, and so, so like in theory, it sounds good in your head. Like, oh, I'll just pay it off later. But if you don't have it now, like it's unless if you know something, you know, like you're getting a pay increase in January or something where there is actually money coming. I think the paid off later plan is a bad plan because it's not a plan. It's a, it's a concept, right? Like it's, or what's the difference between it? There's something, there's a saying that goes with that, right? Like a, a um, like a, yeah, dreams or plans without deadlines. There you go. <laughs> is that right? the one you were thinking of? <laughs> Maybe dreams or plans. Well, yeah, plans without deadlines, but there's something along those or goals lines. Goals are just dreams with deadlines, but yeah, uh, but it's, there's one where it's without like, deadlines you know, are just dreams. dreams. There you <laughs> go. So it's, you know, like, Oh, I, I sure. I'll play it off next year. And then all of a sudden you get around to next Christmas and you're like, crap, I'm still paying off that debt from last Christmas and I'm just going to yeah. spend it up again. This, I, I think I, I see some of this. So this is a couple other mm -hmm. questions I want to pose to you, right? Okay. Uh, you ever get involved in like a gift exchange, not just with family, but, or maybe it's more extended family. Uh, or white elephant gift exchange or something like that and they put price limits yes i've <clears throat> i have i don't have one this year but i have done that in the past and in fact my sure. husband has one for his office um what's interesting about price limits is um there's a difference between a price limit and a price range right like a True. lot of times if you say okay the limit's 40 dollars, then i feel like when you say that people feel obligated to spend 40 ish dollars like it's not like oh if i spent 15 dollars, that's enough Mm -hmm. Like I so because I have I have kind of a question about this. It's a 
you know, where does it fall? So if let's say that you have a, a range of 30 to $50 for a gift. Okay. okay. And you find an item that would typically be a $75 item and you can buy it for $25. I would count it because like if it's, if you would normally do it and I got some like super sale. Now, David always talks about how I will like sniff it out. Right. Like I am the bloodhound when it comes to bargains. Katie is just one step shy of extreme couponing. (laughs) If there was a way to actually do it in Oregon, I would do it just to see if I could. I think yeah. I would totally do it as a sport. Yeah, if, if you had the time to do it, you probably would. There's but. so many restrictions in certain states that prevent you from actually doing that. Like, if you notice, most of the extreme couponers are not in Oregon or California. Like, they're in Oklahoma and different places where they're kind of taking advantage I of I haven't the- noticed because I don't actually follow it. I just know what it is. But I know if there was such a thing... Katie would totally be I would totally it. do it. I think just for sport to see if I can get like a ton of stuff yeah, for that's like what, a dollar. It, and see, there is the key. It's for sport. It's for sport. Right? Like it's not. It's sort of like your frequent flyer mile thing that you've been doing. Oh, yeah. Now. It's no, it's totally sport for sport. For you. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's it a hobby. It started out as this idea like that could be sport. And then I went, that is more. I don't have the time to stay focused on it. It's not my. I'm not going to play that sport. I'm going to play a different sport. Uh, so, you know, I guess I, I rack up mileage by the old-fashioned way just brute force <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens when you own a business david <laughs> yeah it's just it just does. it just works that way but um no sorry going back to um the gift if if i knew that the, like even like on a normal sale that it was in that price range i'd be fine with just saying that gift because yeah. that person would be happy getting it anyway and i would still have stuck to the rules by sticking within the price range that's sort of my take on it as well, is I like the way that you just brought up that it's more of a range. I, I think that that would be really beneficial to folks. I do think there's such a thing as setting a range that's too restrictive. Right. Right? I mean, I have I hear these people, they get into a white elephant gift exchange where it's like, well, it's uh, 25, you're supposed to do a gift a day, and they're not supposed to be more than $3 per day, and then uh, $10 on Friday. And I'm going, all right, so dun, 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 dun. it's like, all right, so you gave me $22. I mean, that's not what an unreasonable. What gift exchange are you in? I'm not, but I know people, right? Wow. And, well, and that's the thing. Is that's a lot like of rules. Like three or even $5. I'm going, that actually Alex takes up. It, it takes more work to try to find that sometimes than to. I'd almost rather be like, here's a $25 gift card on Friday. Here's your whole week's worth of stuff. Go have fun. Yeah, I think the point is just to get people to enjoy the participation on it. But it's it, it may say more or less like, here's a small consumable thing that you can have each day and then a coffee mug or something. And I just go, eh, I don't know. if you, you accidentally restrict the game too much. And So I've done, um, if you're talking about gifts in general, there's a couple I'm of- I'm like, how about do a bunch of clues? Right. And then like, guess what it's going to be? Here's clues for all week. And then you get it on the last day. Like that, and then there's your budget all at once. I think that would be more fun and it would make it easier on everybody. So I had I had a white elephant gift that I thought was gift party years ago, which I thought was a lot of fun. You had to gift a gift you got from last Christmas that you don't want or haven't liked or like didn't use. Like but, so but I, I like all the gifts I received because I care about the people that gave them to me. Does that count? Can I? Can no, I say there's that? usually one gift from there's somebody that you're like, that was like, oh, you're my like, gosh, the sap meter just barfed to- everywhere. Right. <laughs> you're like, scented candles. Sweet. I don't use candles. Thank you. Okay. This is regifting. Right. No, it's so that one was kind of funny, right? Because it was this kind shoehorn. of. Thank you, honey. 
<laughs> it was the, it was kind of like the awful gift that nobody wanted. So the gift exchange was fun because everybody kind of got these random gifts. Like it was more of a joke, right? Mm-hmm. But I will say for gift giving, um, you know, my kids go to private school and we do teacher appreciation week, but we also do, we do a gift during Christmas time. Um, and one of the things I've done is um, said it can be homemade or it can be bought, right? Because I, I, I feel like homemade gifts, there's a lot of value and treasure in some homemade gifts. And some people do some pretty fabulous gifts that you wouldn't get. Like, I would rather have homemade cookies than store-bought cookies. You can't actually hear my eyes rolling a little bit. I know. Because I'm like, great. Where am I going to homemade gift? I'm like, Okay, so this is not David's wheelhouse. But here's what I did is I- That's a really scary idea, let me tell you. So, but what I did is I suggested things. I like take a dollar and like fold them like origami. Would that count? Stop. (laughs) So what I did for the kids, for the parents, right, for Teacher Appreciation Week, um, first of all is I divided the kids up every day like so there was a couple kids every day right so the teachers got a few gifts every day versus like 20 gifts on friday because then they kind of felt the love all week so i felt like it was more important that way um the second thing is um i gave them examples of things that they could do from home or like cute little gift ideas that were under 20 dollars, right so it was like you could pick fresh flowers you could make cookies you could write a card you can so and i gave them pictures of like ideas of things to do because not everybody's a creative crafty person but sometimes if you have an idea it kind of helps trigger that so i know a friend of mine uh just gave me a thank you gift um for something i did for her and she made some homemade cookies they totally hit the sweet spot let me tell you i think my husband and i ate that plate like in the day but it was nice to get like to have the thought behind it way it was just important to me to have the cookies so i don't know i i like i appreciate really personal touched gifts i think more than a super valuable one where i feel like nobody put any thought into it okay because <laughs> remember my love language right words of affirmation and touch i want mushy stuff like i'm i'm a mushy person she wants mushy stuff i'm a mushy person so i don't know how we that got, doesn't mean i don't, I don't like limo rides and champagne in the weeds. But... we went from the true well <laughs> show of like how do we spend We're talking on, about christmas how do we spend gifts? on christmas to katie's like let me give you a dissertation on gifts <laughs> I'm like, you asked okay. me. That's your problem, dude. <laughs> so there you have it. Katie's take on the white elephant gift procedure. Uh, we're going to grab a break. And when we come back, uh, we'll get into a little bit more. As you can tell, the theme of this show is here we are in the holidays. So it's about how are we going to manage uh, the financial pathway through the gauntlet that is this uh, holiday season. So we'll be covering that and more when we come back. Until then, this is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. But we can agree on this. Uh oh. Super Soaker. Super Soaker. I know. I don't have a. Do you have a Super You have a Super Soaker. If not, I know where to find them. Can I borrow your Super Soaker? Yes, I will. How about Water Balloon? No, because then I got to pick up balloon shards. Well, and you'll also miss probably. Then you'll be like, oh, I just took out my lamp. (laughs) (laughs) So. Water fights inside are probably not highly recommended. Terrible idea, really. (laughs) Especially on wood floors. 
All right, welcome back to the True Well Show. Dave Littlejohn and Katie Shook. And Not known as Kelly. About, <laughs> no, that was the beginning of the show. And so now everybody's wondering. So check out the podcast and you can understand. Uh, we have got many, many irons in the fire toward the end of the year. Uh, I'm excited yeah. to say we have a, a new team member. She's yes. been on board now for, a, I guess, about a month. Yeah. Right? And so uh, it's been a choppy month, but uh, started in... The I, 13th. So she's... she's yeah, so a, this Friday will be a month. Yeah. And then we've got... Uh, you know, it's end of year stuff, right? So it's always those, it's the end of year, you know, get your last stuff in for your end of year deductions and all the other hoopla. I, we've been talking a little bit about the emotional part of it, right? Like we started off with talking about Christmas debt and how we emotionally kind of categorize it. There's a lot of people that um, emotionally want to tie up their like, like with a bow, like their financial stuff, right? Like it's like, oh, I've been meaning to get to this all year. And I'm running out of time, so I'm going to do it now. So for whatever reason in December, um, we tend to pick up a lot of clients that have like a lot of outlier accounts, right? Like, oh, I've, you know, retired from a few different, or not retired, but moved on from a few different places. Consolidation process. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. That was the word I was looking for. Consolidation. Like, oh, I have all these little accounts and I just want to put them all in one bucket and manage them in one place. And so we tend to do a lot of like kind of housekeeping paperwork stuff yeah. i mean it's 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 an interesting thing and i get it emotionally you're like i want to start 2020 off with a better like better than when i left it. like 19 right so mm-hmm. i get kind of getting to it but um yeah for whatever reason December's kind of that final moment december is I, i'm never sure if it's going to be busy or not busy or how it's going to work uh yeah so by the way david has lied to me now six five six years running because the very first year I started, David said, "Oh, December's gonna be so sleepy. Like it'll be. You'll you'll see. It's we'll slow. Yeah. No, that was a lie, and that has never ever well, happened since. It turns <laughs> out December is. I I think it's it's more like we have activities that we're doing. You know, our firm has end of year stuff that we're pulling together. Whether it's final accounting, and you know, we're we're doing uh, putting a bow on all the tax planning right. at the end of the year." And then, you know, we usually do some things for our clients to just kind of some holiday stuff. And then there's, you know, or you do Christmas cards and all the other. There's just it, more. I mean, I'll call, it's administrative stuff in nature. Some of it, it's we don't have to do it, but we want to do it. But it still takes work to do it. Well, and I would say, too, like when I first started with you, we had, you know, way less clients than we do now. True. true. <laughs> and we've we've kind of been off and running. Like ever since I started, it was like, okay, we're going to do this. And we kind of just picked up a heavy pace and we haven't really let off that pace at all. So no. so you may have been kind of saying like, hey, you know, it might be kind of quiet based on what you knew when you were working on your own. But now that we have a, you know, we have a team and another branch and everything else, like, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like I remember Christmases and I thought Christmases were busy before I had kids. Yeah. Right. And then now I have kids and I'm like, oh, it's so much more. <laughs> Here's what I think is really remarkable and this is one of these i'm this is not bragging this is me actually just sort of going wow uh we have been so fortunate i mean i will just flat out say we have been really blessed and the community has been very kind to us uh professionally i agree and we've we've had a lot of growth in terms of uh our clients have have i think uh if I just by reference of the number of clients that stick around, I think that we've done a pretty good job for them. But 
Uh, and the markets have had a, the wind in their sail this year, which has helped. I mean, not not the total market, but contrary to popular belief, there are areas, especially uh, international investing, has been a little bit of a laggard there, and small caps been a laggard until more recently. But uh, we've got the markets helped, but we've also we've we've had we've grown, we've added more people uh, as our capacity has grown, and right. we've cut fees in the process. Yeah, so that's the really cool thing to me. Is I'm going. Wait a second. We've we've actually we're charging less than we were a year ago, which is kind of the opposite trend of most businesses, and we are still growing our way through that. And that to me is where I kind of I just look around at uh, all the folks that have placed their trust in us, and I it's that that's the thank you moment where I'm like, wow, right. you guys are really awesome. And uh, we try as frequently as we can to let our clients know how appreciative we are and, and how grateful we are to them. Because like without them, we wouldn't exist. And you say that all the time. Yeah. But it's, you know, so, <laughs> it's, yeah. It's true. <laughs> Got to keep them happy. But it's, um, but yeah, just very humbling, right, to see. And, and it kind of reminds me of just, you know, like sometimes when God says, like, just trust me, I'll take care of it, right? And it's, and I kind of feel like it's that trust moment. It's like we've just said, you know what, we're going to do these things. It's the right thing to do. And we're just going to trust that everything will be taken care of. And it has. And it's it's kind of nice when you can have that kind of sense of calm and feeling. Because sometimes it's kind of scary when you make big business decisions. Sure. Well, and I'm not going to lie. The industry is, from a provider perspective, scary is maybe not the right word, but uh, it's a puzzler. It's changing so rapidly. Uh, you know, you think about. I'm a little just worried about the advertising ago. messages, though, that are happening. Me too. Uh, so, I, I'm a little bit worried because what's become the trend that I see, and I see this commercially, but I see this in social media a lot, is things being taken out of context, and folks will take that small piece of information, and the person that provides the information, they really allow somebody to run with it, and they don't correct it. Oh. I see this in the in the media cycle with a lot of things where, oh, we heard this thing and oh, and before you know it, it's huge and this that, and the other. And then later on, they're like, oh, uh, no, that wasn't right. Well, by then it was too late. The message is already somebody already picked it up and ran with it and created a whole separate narrative. Uh, so that I see that in the financial industry around interesting things. You know, the the one that I can think of most recently is how uh, uh, Charles Schwab said, hey, we're going to end yeah, commissions. No, no transaction fees. No transaction fees, right? And then shortly thereafter, you know, we're talking about within days, virtually every other online custodian said, well, we're going to have to go to zero transaction fees. And once they did, you know, it was a race to the bottom. Everybody went to try to charge zero. And then you watch the stock prices of companies just crater. Well, if we think about the strategic move that just happened, what, right. do, what do you think was the byproduct of that? Schwab wanted to swoop up people, so he, like, inadvertently damaged them. Well, not he. No, he, I, I, I don't think it was inadvertent. I think that Schwab was very clever. I think they came in and said, fine, we'll go to zero. And when they looked at the marketplace, Schwab knew that they knew who their, their biggest their, competitors were. Well, their were. trading revenue, they're the biggest player, and their trading revenue was about 6% or so from what I was reading of their total revenue. So they knew they could cough up 6% of their revenue. And it wouldn't really hurt them. Well, I mean, 6% of it, a big company is... You still feel it. I'm is, not saying they don't feel it, but yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's, it's not going to cause the company to crash is kind of my point. Right. But we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, and they <sighs> said, well, we're going to... 
We're that gonna is do not this. a rounding error, folks. And folks, and they're going, why? So because watch what happens. And in TD Ameritrade and E Trade and everybody else had to do the same thing. And now what's going on? Schwab, their stock of E Trade drops by twenty five percent. And then who comes in and wants to buy up E Trade? Or not E-Trade, but um, T- uh, TD, Ameritrade. TD Ameritrade. So TD Ameritrade stock drops by like 25% in one day. Oh, And then hammered. you're talking about, what, eight weeks later, Schwab comes in with a purchase offer to buy TD Ameritrade. Do you think that purchase offer wasn't there already? I kind of wonder if TD said, we'll go to zero because we know Schwab's buying us anyway. So it'll just be good marketing. We'll try to grab as many clients as we can, too. And then Schwab has more to buy. So I am quite sure that there had been discussions but I don't think that uh, I don't think it would have worked that way. And if it did, people are going to go to jail more than likely. Okay. Because if you had an inside collusion scheme where you, as uh, a board of directors, are controlling interest in uh, TD Ameritrade, knowingly sacrificed twenty five percent of the shareholders' value, you did it on purpose to tank the stock rather than being reactive to something. You right. it was part of an inside job. Then and that ever came out, and I just don't see how when there's whistleblowers could capitalize on it so much, right. you know, because you're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars that a whistleblower could stand to make personally tens of millions of dollars for blowing the whistle. I just don't know how you keep somebody quiet. So this also shows you guys again how much regulation surrounds every little thing we do, right? How decisions are made, who's making them, what information they're going based on. Um, super important. Yeah, but but. The, the change to the <clears throat> industry is what I'm looking at. I right. think about what uh, just a scene shift, if you will. The whole landscape shifted when the commission structure went away because to the custodians online that need, were relying on that as a material part of their revenue, they can't go to zero or they go out of business. Right. So now they are acquisition targets or they are at risk of having their clientele flee to the theoretically lower cost vendor. I think what scares me about the advertising message is it's like, well, everything's equal, so just get it cheaper. But everything isn't equal. Well, and here's the part that I think is really scary is, where is the money being made? Because I don't believe that Schwab is eliminating those fees because it's benevolent. Right. I think it's strategic in nature. And they're making money elsewhere. If we, if if the figure is correct that six percent of the revenue is from trades, then ninety four percent of the revenue is from elsewhere. Yeah. So and where is the elsewhere? Where is the elsewhere? And that, to me, is what is very uh, unnerving about the financial industry is that we're seeing this massive consolidation and restructuring. And my concern is that any time that we get fewer participants in the marketplace. We, we inch toward the concept of oligopoly. Right. Right? Because, you know, monopolies are not allowed, theoretically. Uh, monopoly's not supposed to happen. In fact, you know, there's an interesting one in the news right now where 13 states, and this is unprecedented before, 13 states are suing to block a m- merger because they believe it is a move towards fewer participants and it will hurt consumers. Interesting. Yeah. T-Mobile and Sprint, cell phone wow. providers. So T-Mobile and Sprint are trying to merge into a single entity. It would make them, I think, the third largest carrier. I think Verizon and AT&T are one and two. 
uh, I think, or Sound maybe the other right. way around. But I think Verizon's number one and AT&T is number two. I thought T-Mobile was a section of AT&T. Nope. Nope. T-Mobile's its own thing. And if it merged with Sprint, they would be, they're like four and five on the carrier list. Okay. And so they would they would move up the depth chart. But the states that are suing to block it say it will reduce the amount of competition in the marketplace, which will hurt consumers. And I have to say that I think there is probably, probably some truth to that. Yeah, I think there's probably some truth to it because I, I still haven't figured out why you can use the same tower grid and Walmart can own something like Straight Talk and use the same network as Verizon but provide the service for less money than Verizon. Right. And there may be little idiosyncrasies, and I will be the first to acknowledge I don't know how that might work. But it certainly appears to me that uh, folks have taken to the position that a mobile phone is not optional. Uh, in certain cases, I believe that the government is providing phones as part of social safety net for certain groups. So we're now having the government backstop this idea. And then you get, uh, in a similar way, it's not unlike a, util a utility that is a monopoly where the government's price controlling them. True. We have a oligopoly of only a handful of providers and in a sense they can all sort of support each other's pricing to one extent or another by just holding a certain line in the sand interesting right so that's my concern is fewer fewer competitors creates less market competition it's a good call. Katie's giving me the signal, and you know what? She's darn right. So why don't we just we'll grab a break before we run super long, and then we'll kind of get back Too to late. some of the, the fun stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about the holidays here as we're getting into gift giving and some strategies to stay on budget and some strategies to maybe even save some money. So we'll do that when we come back. This is David Littlejohn. I'm Katie Shook. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240, KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Well, here we are, Tuesday afternoon. Probably the best time you've had listening to the radio, and you can't even remember because you have got the True Wealth radio show. I was going to say since last week because we're awesome every Tuesday. And modest and very <laughs> humble. Very. We started off the show humble. Very humble. That just went downhill really quickly. By the way, can I say I hate that it's dark already? Yes, like you can this, say that. This bums me out. Okay. And here's what I'm going to tell you. Either they're Christmas lights or they're holiday lights, but I feel like they're not particularly optional right now. Come on, folks. We need you in the season here. This is how I make it through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David does not need to be depressed during December. I am solar powered. Not and, I and you are bringing me personal joy <laughs> for putting even like a silly little display out. It's just like, oh, that's nice. Because let me tell you. And those of you that hang on past New Year's for a few extra days, high five. You are my people. <laughs> those all right? are me. That's you, our house. <laughs> you are my people because somewhere about the 15th or MLK day when you start to be like, okay, we might be pushing it here. Uh, 
I'm still with you at that point because, for heaven's sake, it is dark at like 4.38 p.m. It's horrible. Although, do you really enjoy pulling up to your driveway when the Christmas lights are on? Yes. I totally get like this little squeal. I'm like, and it just makes me really happy. Okay, so true wealth moment for me. Okay, I'm going to fess up to this one. You know my Christmas lights aren't done. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're not done. Uh, I, if our listeners have heard the saga, if you've been listening for a while. I think they have. I think you've shared it individually, but I don't know that you've shared it on the radio. I installed Christmas lights. No, no, no. David did not install Christmas lights. He installed an LED band around his house. That makes it sound like it plays music. Okay. An LED. No, no. so. It, it, they're not Christmas lights, though, they, in the traditional sense of like, so there's you a know green how, rope like, with a little bulb. There are, you can get this smart lighting that is a strip of LED lights. It's a flexible strip that you, they'll put them under cabinets and things like that. Okay. So there is waterproof lighting that you can get. And I bought aluminum channels with diffusers and I installed them on the eaves of my house and I permanently mounted smart LED Christmas lights to my house. I like that you, you keep putting Christmas in there because I that's what they are to me. <laughs> They're not Christmas. I celebrate Christmas. Okay. You <laughs> celebrate whatever holiday no, you no, want. No. I celebrate Christmas too. But the reason I'm saying they're not Christmas lights is because they're, they're multi year round. they're year round and they're multicolor and they're multi change they and they are truly, not they are because I can change them to like, like red, you can change them to colors. red and white for Valentine's Day, and, and orange and purple for Halloween, and red, white, and blue for yeah, Fourth of they July. Are, and they're they're synced to my home automation system. They come on at sunset. They have different patterns and colors, and they'll dance and twinkle and change to whatever I tell them to. And they're they're ridiculous. Uh, and I because I have a, a high roof line, I actually rented a high lift uh, during the summertime and installed these lights so how are they not finished what part's not finished no they're fully installed but they don't have the power running to them yet on the garage okay so So i have an attached garage the house is lit up but the garage requires and and keep in mind we're talking about this is like an electrician kind of install it is low voltage so five volt lighting with power injection, and it requires that it, you know I'm, I'm putting it on a dedicated breaker, and then I've just got a separate power supply, and so everything's I'm doing it varsity here. It's not like a just oh I threw it's some not a DIY on the JV option, right? It was, okay, uh, and. I've had to I had to plan this in advance because a lot of the supplies, uh, funny enough, trade wars. But you know they were ordered online, uh, and I went direct to suppliers instead of going through middlemen because you could spend forty bucks a strand or sixty bucks a strand for you know eighteen feet of this lighting, and I spent about seven bucks a strand because I got it at wholesale. But I needed a lot of strands for my house because it's a pretty big place. So uh, I did the whole thing, but I haven't finished lighting up the garage. But that's kind of like a technicality a little bit it's it not is like a it's not so when i'm not done there. what i'm saying is it's not fired up it's installed but it's eh, not okay. lit up You're, yeah but it will be soon well oh it will be because nerd alert but i mean <laughs> there you go and so when people are going to come visit and they're like why is your house strobing at halloween i'm like <laughs> because i, I can't too you yeah. know <laughs> It's that kind of thing. Or, hey, your house is red, white, He's, and blue for the 4th of July. It's like, I know, right? David David Griswold some things, but that one's not quite Griswold. But it's very tastefully done. Yeah, no, the tree we straight up Griswolded. Yeah, uh, and if you guys don't know the reference, go watch Christmas Vacation. It may be one of the best 
Christmas movies ever. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it is something. So that that there's a butte, Clark. Uh, <laughs> save the neck for me. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah, well, I just picked some of my favorites. <laughs> you, you got a lot of nerve talking to me that way, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, you know, I'm thinking about Christmas, Christmas and, and budgets. Yeah, and this it is a, it is a financial show, and it occurred to me that a lot of folks, uh, you know, the, we get cliche answers for how. You know, it's the thought that counts, and this, and I get it, but at the same time, many of you are kind of like, yeah, 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 whatever, and you're going to tune out. Let me give you some practical thoughts on Christmas and budgets. This is a really good chance to do the envelope system. Yes. Okay. And the other thing it's a really good chance to do is to have a dedicated bank account. So if you're going to go use a debit card and you're ridiculous, then don't put that much money in the account. You know, have a dedicated smaller account somewhere. And when you're out of money, it's like, <laughs> all right, okay. game over. I'm going to take it one step further because even if you have a debit card, if you have a bunch of pending transactions, it'll let it pend even if you don't have enough money in there. As long as like, so in other words, you can overdraft and really get stung. Yeah. So back to the individual account, if you're going to do that and you have a problem spending, you need to make sure to tell the bank you are not allowed to overdraft my account and they can actually turn that feature off. Now that means that your card will get declined and sometimes some slip through, but I'm just saying that like that's, that could be a very dangerous thing, right? You go spend out five, $5 here and $10 here and $20 here and all of a sudden your account's negative and you get hit with $35 overdraft fees times five. You've just killed your budget on tiny little transactions. Right. So you have to remember step number one to not getting into uh, mega debt is don't be an idiot. Yeah. Well, okay. um, don't allow do me to repeat. So step number either. one, though, is don't be an idiot because I, there's, if you're like, oh, I have to, no, you don't have to do discretionary spending. Like, it's optional spending. It's not, I have to. It's, no, I feel either guilty or compelled or want to or whatever. You don't have to. Right. Okay, you don't have to take on debt for Christmas. It's not mandatory that you overspend your budgets. And, you know, if you get caught up in that, when I, I'm telling you, hand on the Bible, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Okay? Anybody that you're giving gifts to and you're harming yourself to do it, I think you're doing it wrong. Well, it's not really a gift then because you, like you said, you've just harmed yourself to do it. So, yeah. I and mean, so, so that's step one is, you know, let's kind of give ourselves permission to get real here. I'm going to add another one. Step two, make a list and check it twice, right? Th yes. The thing is, don't go out and randomly start buying gifts and go, oh, that would be good for this. Oh, that would be good for that. Make a list of all the people you want to gift give. Create a budget based around how much you want to spend on each person and then start to write items next to their name. And as you purchase those items, Cross it off so that you're not overbuying yep. for that person or buying five things in that $20 budget. And I got to tell you, this is one where I will totally give my wife like a radio shout out for this. We do this. She's very good about keeping on the budget and knowing where we're at. And it also helps us to remember who do we have on our list and who don't we. And, you know, as the families grow, it, like it matters. So right. we do that kind of stuff and it's great. Right. So I, I mean, I know. First-hand direct experience 
it works. I And I do the same thing. I make a list. I sit down with my husband and we make a list of everybody right. we want to buy a gift for. And then we write what we think the gift would be and also put a budget next to it too. Right. So. But see, here's, so that's the academic step. Right. I want to talk about bridging it. So there's the academic step of like, you need to make a budget. And then there's the reality check of how to stay on the budget. You know how we do it? How? We tell you after the last break, right? So <laughs> the Christmas budget hack that you can't screw up. When we come back after however much more music plays right here. All right, this is David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you're listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. This is KQEN Local Talk at 4 on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey, gang, welcome back to the final segment of this, the greatest radio show you're listening to right now. Okay, by the way, if you listen to the first segment of it, we talked about my cat and the fact that there's a critter it's in, in my the house. tree. It's yeah. actually, my husband just texted me, it's in the Christmas tree. So now I got to go home and. So it brought a, cat, a critter in and put it in the tree. Well, See, this it might have flown away into the tree. No, this is your cat conspiring against you. <laughs> Trying, it's like the cat wants to get the ornaments, wants any excuse in that tree it can get. It's like, you know what? I'm gonna plant something in there, and then she's not gonna get the spray bottle. So, but if you, I spray the bird, will the bird fly away? No, because it'll be wet and then it won't fly. Uh, no, birds fly in the rain. Come on. I, I mean, yeah, you never seen like a goose flying in the rain? Like they are like, they want to get out of the rain, but they can fly. Airplanes yeah. fly in the rain. Come on. It's, <laughs> They're not made of feathers. Airplanes are not made of feathers. That is true. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Moving on. Wow. We so, have really, again, weeds. Hello. Uh, <laughs> Christmas hack for so the budget. So this is the budget hack. And you think I'm going to tell you something revolutionary. I am going to be so simple about this one. All right. First off, you need to not lose this hack. Uh, you go down to like a Staples or an office depot or some store like that yeah office get, supply store you get a little accordion envelope okay, okay. and so it's these is one of these things that opens up kind of like an accordion it's got multiple slots in it right and each of those then you put the cash that you have dedicated to each different person in there and then you spend from there and you know exactly how much cash you have for each person and when you run out guess what you are out. If you're able to get the gift that you want for somebody or gifts for somebody, and then there is money left over, you may, you may take that money and apply it to other people's envelope sections as you so desire. Or save it for next year. Or put it elsewhere. But you have now taken the budget from paper where you said, here's how much I'll spend on everybody. And then said, here's the money for each person in their little spot. And now you have mechanically limited your spending. Now, here's the thing. Okay, this is a little bit like quitting smoking. Okay. Now, one of the things that makes it hard to quit smoking, I am told, right? I don't let me be clear. I have never had to quit smoking because I never started smoking. But first is hanging out with other smokers. It's easy to bum cigarettes. 
Okay. Yeah, you know what's don't hard go to with bum, your though? shopping buddy that's not on a budget because that will help train wreck your Well, budget. except <laughs> here's the thing. Unless that shopping buddy is going to let you bum money from them. Oh, I'm out of money in this category. Can I, can I, can, will you give me some money? Now, loaning you money is different than giving you money. People don't loan you a cigarette. No, they give you one. Right? It's like, oh, well, here. But if they give you a cigarette, you're like, well, okay, then I'll just continue this habit. Uh, but they don't loan cigarettes, okay? With, with money, you know, they may think it's a loan. So, no, if they want to give you money, ah, yay. But if they don't, guess what? You're right back to where you started. But Sometimes the difference between that is how much, right? It's like, but, oh, you need five bucks. Okay, I'll give you five bucks. You have, oh, when you ask for $100, it's a loan. Yeah, <laughs> when you have, like, no friends with cigarettes, though, and you want cigarettes, you have to go and buy them. Okay. Now, at that point, you are sabotaging yourself. Right. I realize it's an addiction. I'm not trying to trivialize that. But here's the thing when it comes to your money. There is an element of self-discipline that is mandatory. And if you think you will screw that one up, notice I said that really directly, like, yeah, you're screwing it up. But I'm not here to sugarcoat this one. I'm here to give you a strategy that really works so we don't have to be all you know gentle with it. So, so when you get somewhere, then take the money and like put it in an envelope for that person. If you need to get separate envelopes for each person, do it. And only go shopping for that person and only take that envelope. Now you can't even rob from the other envelopes. True. Okay. But this is a mechanical restriction. Okay. It Only so much money is in there. That is your total budget. Right. And that is your way to stick to it. If you use a credit card or a debit card or any other way that you can access more money than you need to, then all of a sudden you create little rounding errors and uh, oops, I went over budget and now I've put myself back in a position I wanted to avoid. And taking a pen and paper with you helps because like if you're shopping in Walmart for five different people and you're even if you're trying to stick to it, sometimes you forget exactly how much you spent on each person. So like as you're putting the item in the cart, write it down on a piece of paper and then you can add it up right there. And by the way, every, like it, most people have a smartphone and yeah, most smartphones a have a calculator. Comes on the phone automatically. You yeah. don't even have to download one. The bottom line is you're not a victim of yourself. No. Okay? You did it. You did not victimize yourself. So there will be no blaming of others or the society or uh, you know my parents or whatever. No. If you spend more money than you have, it's totally on you. I will give you one budgeting hack, though, that I learned the hard way when I first started budgeting a while ago is I thought, oh, you know, I'll budget for Christmas presents during December because when is Christmas? December. When are all the sales? November, right? So realize Christmas budgeting may have to come early. So I now started budgeting some of my money in November and then some in December. So the November hits all the really good deals that are on sale. Yeah, so this December is, picks up all the pieces. This is pro tip. This is shopping pro tip, right? And remember, Katie could probably have her own radio show on how to stretch a dollar. So uh, maybe one day that'll just be every the show. Every once in a while like, when hey, David's Katie, out of town. We're just, yeah, it's true. Every now and then she gets the show and she's like, today, extreme savings mechanisms. So she is uh, the savings ninja. And I will say... I really appreciate her because she <laughs> totally does it at the office too, which is awesome. True. Um, True story. So there you go. Step one is the earlier you plan for this stuff. You know, I know people that will buy Christmas presents in January for next year. Uh, that's a little extreme for me, but I've seen I have I have purchased I Christmas presents in like July and August before. I found something and was like, oh, that is perfect. It's not crazy. It's a little uh, ahead of the power curve. But, but if you do that, don't forget where you hid them and leave yourself yeah. a note and a reminder because you'll forget you bought them and then buy something else and yeah. then it's expensive. But here you think it's crazy, but I'll tell you the one thing I see in common with most of the people that do that, they're pretty successful with their money. 
true thing. Right? I, I rarely see people plan that far ahead that make poor financial decisions. Look, speaking of financial decisions, if you need help betting some on your own or you're trying to figure out how to get this thing done, uh, the radio is just how we get to know you, but you're always welcome to call us at 541-375-0898. Yep, we'd love to meet you personally. But until next time, thanks for tuning in. This has been True Wealth. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.